This is NRL Boom Rookies. Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of NRL Boom Rookies. Alongside with me, as always, they were tougher back in his day. It's Mitch Doyle. <laughs> G'day everybody. And um, the, king of, the king of sports science skepticism, it's Dale Roots. Hello, I have a degree in. I'm I'm like Donald Trump's doctor. Just just have some hydroxychloroquine and it'll help your hamstrings. I don't know. Would players from the seventy be tougher than players now if they were injecting bleach? A question. Uh, no, look, you can't say. You can't say. I know that. I know that in the in the 1890s, one of the Wolves football teams did inject monkey blood into their <laughs> bodies, and okay. and then they won the FA Cup final. Um, but that was also like before AIDS was a thing. So yeah. like, don't do that well, now. It, Please don't do it's that. Just, it's just impossible to compare injecting poison into yourself across eras. You just can't do it. <laughs> Are poisons stronger now? You can, who can say? They're full-time poison, so you never know. Yeah, but they just don't feel as poisonous as they did back when our when our dads were kids poisoning I mean, each the, other. the poisons don't quite have, have quite as much punch in the, in the ruck. It's what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Oh, God. Your old heroes would all... Fail miserably today. Just deal with which it. poison. Which poisons would make you one of the immortals? <laughs> oh God! <laughs> um, I believe the answer is drinking from the right cup in that Indiana Jones movie. <laughs> oh. Have those movies aged well? I don't know. Yeah. Oh uh, yeah. I watched uh, uh, Covenant of the what's it called? Um, Raiders of the Lost Ark. I thought it was like the other week. I thought it was still quite good. Uh, yeah. I mean. But the special effects have not, which would, which, no, that I mean, is that is a fit, that is a yeah. fair argument. Um, but who gives a shit about any of that? Because rugby league is but one sleep away, and by the time most of you listen to this, none sleeps away. Boys, how excited are we for the return of rugby league into our lives? It's like a relief more so than anything at the moment. Hey, like finally some sport is back. Uh, if you haven't seen it, go go read out read Campo's article that um that I tweeted from the uh, Boom Rookies account, the 37 best things about footy back being back, essentially. And that kind of gets got me pumped up encapsulating all of the emotions I've missed from rugby league. But it's just a relief, mate, that like it's coming back and we're going to stop talking all this off-field garbage about, you know, Vlandis and all these uh, ignorant discussions about the NRL's finances. And we're going to go back to ignorant discussions about on-field playing talent where we belong. Yeah, I, I, I mean, am. I am looking forward to to yelling at my television once again, and and not about like the you know the critical piece of evidence that somebody missed in the staircase that I'm rewatching because I'm running out of things to watch on Netflix and I'm slowly descending into madness. Uh, but yeah, as as you said, Campo's article was just like, I just want to see old guys doing cool old guy shit. Just make make it happen. I, this is what we want back, and not like old guys who aren't playing. Old guys, you know, do, being being crafty. I want to see more craftiness. Yeah, I'm I'm pumped. I'm pumped. Looking yeah, forward to I, it. you I, know, I'll go and get a go and get a six pack. Have a pie per last week's discussion. Going to be brilliant. Yeah, thank you for reminding me. I will have to duck out and get some of those weird plant based pies. I think I don't know if they're at Woolworths yet, which means I'll have to go to a service station. But hmm. if that's the worst thing that happens to me tomorrow, it'll be a good day. Um, but before we get there. Uh, we've got some news to get into. Um, a lot of things have happened this week. Obviously, one very big story dominating the news cycle earlier in the week. Um, yeah, so without any further ado, let's get into some news. Simi Renrandra trying the chip and chase. Oh, no, it's Simi Redradra. Redradra's away, Simi Redradra. Oh, this will be interesting. Oh, yes, it will, yes. Semi Rundrundra. Oh, he's absolutely buried it. Rundrundra. So, first of all, we have the big story, um, of course, and that is that Cameron Murray has re-signed with the Rabbitohs for four more years. Oh, Got him. Yeah, yeah, fuck you both. Got him. Got him. I hate my life. Um, yeah, it's a good signing. He is allegedly the greatest player in the history of rugby league. Um, could Not he do it any... on a wet, on a wet, cold Saturday afternoon in 1976? Who knows? But look, um, good he, luck he, to see us. He, 
he's an interesting one because he's about the size of a typical lock in 1976, and yet still better than all of them. Really makes you think. Maybe the maybe the old heads were onto something. I don't know. Who cares? Uh, yeah, but I mean, this is obviously great news. Obviously, did not want to repeat of the Angus Crichton situation from a couple of years ago, uh, and so to get Kem Murray, who by anyone's measure is at worst the second best lock in the league, locked down for basically. Uh, was it till the end of 2025? I think is fantastic business for the Rabbitohs. There's, there's no comments oh, coming. Well, I mean, you can you can just drop all this. You can just drop all this silence out. <laughs> leave it in in post. I say. No, I'm going to say something really defamatory. So he has to. No, he won't. He'll leave that in and get me fired. God damn it. Yes, um, don't, don't say that. I'm leaving all this. This is all staying in. This is the meat of the podcast. <laughs> Excellent. It's it's this it's this level of professionalism that's endeared us to the greater rugby league public over the past <laughs> couple of years. But of course, yes, the big story of the week is of course Bronson Sherry uh, testing positive. Uh, in a in an Asada test, and um, now the basically the future of his career is in jeopardy, facing a ban of up to four years, fellas. Look, the other thing with the the thing that amazes me with Sherry is like he's gone like balls to the wall here in in just how caught he got. Like it's not like one substance like they've they've found a number of things obviously in his a sample um but but not just that it's not just like it's it's almost like he it's it's like 80s doping it's it's just yeah. like it, it's really basic it's like the te- he's, they found excessive less levels of testosterone like cyclists stopped doing that in the mid 80s um because it's really easy to catch like it it's it's not like you're injecting, um, like you're putting something in the body that can only be there to a point. Whereas, at least to my knowledge, other performance-enhancing drugs um, can be masked. But like with testosterone, they're just going to be like, oh, your testosterone's really high. Why? Um, shit. So, like, they found a number of, as I said, they found a number of things in his in his A sample, and there's a, it's like a shopping list of peds. It's not good. No, it's um, not. Yeah, and what you mentioned there, mate, that drug was banned in 1976. Yes, exactly. Like this, this, they, the, the East Germans were doing this. Like it's not, it's not subtle. Like, it, it, <laughs> I mean, he's only young, and he's just why, why, why would you do this? It's not like you can say, oh, I, I think it was Alberto Contador was caught cheating, and he said, oh, like I got, I ate some meat that was tainted with a. Uh, with like a cattle hormone that makes the cattle grow faster. Like testosterone, human testosterone is just, it's, it's just human testosterone. Like they're going to pick it up on the spectrograph and be like, oh, that's um, that's five times higher than it should be. And yeah, see you in four years. Have a nice time. Yeah, look, the B sample's still coming, but I, I don't think, I think, you know, I don't want to talk out of turn, but I think it's not going to come back good news for Bronson. But one thing that I've already had a gut full of is people whinging about the timeline as if they have any bloody clue how long these things take at all. Like, people have absolutely zero clue about any of this gear, but all bitching that it's taken six months. And yeah, maybe the timing of the announcement was a little fortuitous. Maybe Asada decided to jump in realizing team lists are coming when they announced it, but. One thing that's quite clear for me is that they're building something else at the moment. Like they t- they took Bronson's phone on Tuesday, and they went through that. Obviously, they're going through his phone to see if he's been talking to other people about it. And I feel like that's part of why there's been delays. Obviously, we know what happened in the rest of the world in that period, but it doesn't bloody matter. I don't know why the story's now been about how long it took. The guy is taking banned substances looking at four years on the sideline and somehow the story isn't even about that, what he did. It's about, oh, they took so long. It's like, no, this is really, really stupid. Like, what a, what a stupid drug to be caught with, as you, as you said, um, Dale. Like, this is old school cheating. And, and if the fact that it's this low-level testosterone injections and the other ones I'm not going to bother trying to pronounce. But it's stuff that it's like, did you just go to some random dude outside your gym one day and ask for it? Like, what is this garbage? He's gone to, like, the oldest guy at the gym and been like, hey, you have a really great beard. Uh, do, you, do you have anything that can help with my beard growth? Uh, <laughs> I want to look like uh, I want to look like uh, yeah, 
give me that old wise dude look. And it's like, sure, this will this will help, man. But as you said, like a seventies, <laughs> it's just so basic. It's I great. thought we were better than this. I don't know. But the point that I you mean... make about his the point that you make about his phone is quite worrying because, like, as you said, I don't want to talk out of turn, but like, it's. I also don't want Sherry. Like, I don't care either way. If he's done the wrong thing, he's done the wrong thing. But I don't want this to cheating. Cheating is one thing, but like doing time for something worse, extracurricular wise, is. Like it, that's obviously not where we want to see any footy player. Um, I hope obviously that that it doesn't come to that. But it, the point that you make about his phone is 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 a, is worrying. Um, obviously not knowing about it, but yeah, it, it would worry me if I was if I was higher up in yeah in the world of footy, especially the Sharks. Taking performance enhancing drugs is always a really interesting um, ethical sort of quandary. In that objectively, it's not as nefarious a thing to do as say assaulting someone or robbing someone. But the flip side of that is it is in a sporting context, obviously much more egregious than either of those things. And whilst I don't think that he's a bad person or anything like that, I don't know him. I I don't know anything about him really. Uh, It's, it's quite a complex thing when you think about it, because on one hand, people are sort of already jumping to his defense saying he's just a naive young kid and that he didn't know what he was doing and all that stuff. And that he's, he's a nice fellow, blah, blah, blah. But the other hand of that is of course that, you know, people, I mean, there was a poll done a couple of years ago and I, I think people said that taking performance enhancing drugs was worse than match fixing, which tells you sort of just how seriously the average football fan takes and average sports fan in general takes the issue of performance enhancing drugs when compared to any sort of other uh, scandal that a player can be involved in. So it's a bit of a tricky one. Mm. The point that you make about like not robbing someone to being an ethical quandary is is kind of, if you look at it in, in a kind of obtuse sense, like I remember, I think it was Jared Talent was robbed of a gold medal at, uh, at the Rio Olympics by a bloke who was on uh, PEDs. And he said... He he. Eventually, the guy was obviously caught, and he got his gold medal. But you kind of wonder, like, and I know it's an individual sport, so it's slightly different. But um, you kind of wonder what kind of like endorsements and deals and promotion and and potential training opportunities and betterment financially that he's missed out on. And as oh, I said, I know sure. it's a different context, but um, it, I I kind of if if that poll that you're mentioning is speaking purely about rugby league fans, and I have a feeling it's not, but. If it is, it's good to know that people take this kind of thing seriously because, yeah, like you're only in do you're only doing it to yourself, but at the same time, like you're really like you're destroying the integrity of the sport in a way. Because I mean, if you've got one player on drugs and that's bad, but like as we saw with the Sharks previously, like to have a, a comprehensive regime, it completely tilts the way that the competition exists. Um, so I'm glad that at least people, both in the f- kind of fan community and in the league. And you know, wider sporting community itself like take these things yeah. because it does it it, it does not, it does unload, unlevel the playing field, and that's not what people sure. want. That's not why we watch sport. I can't remember exactly. I have a feeling it was just rugby league because I think it was after the Tim Simona stuff happened. But regardless, it doesn't detract from what you're saying, which is completely true. Yep. And that you know, uh, it is trickier in a team sport to just sort of quantify exactly how much him cheating has disadvantaged other people and other teams but yeah i mean this is why this is taken so seriously this is why these guys get hit with these massive penalties and i i know i'm certain that we're only days away from someone comparing what bronson cherry did to the guys like matt lodge or russell packer it's coming and we just all need to be prepared for the collective eye roll we're going to have to do together when that day yeah i can i can only assume that those stories are already in the gun ready to go yeah yeah, I mean, uh, Gordy Tallis is someone who went back. He was outspoken back in his playing days about Rob, Rodney Howe. If you remember Rodney Tau- yeah, Howe, yeah, yeah. suspension and and Tallis was giving it to him on the field. But a lot of what he was saying was about the reason why he hated it's because he felt he was getting he was getting cheated, as you said, cheating there. It's like you know we all put the same effort in on the on the training paddock, and he's getting cheated by one of his opponents who's taking something for a further advantage. You know that that's it. That's it. What you, what you touched on there, Dale. But like for me. It's one of those things. I don't give a fuck about these drugs if they weren't banned because, like, I couldn't care less what the athletes are taking. If you get me, like, I'm not a guy who thinks it's the world's worst crime taking taking performance enhancing drugs. But it's like, 
it's what the rules are. You know, the rules yeah. are this. You take this, you get caught, you're an idiot. Just like anything else you get caught with when you're, when you're an athlete. If you're risking your livelihood over something dumb like injecting testosterone, you're an absolute idiot. And like, you know, you already, you already had the promising career going. And I don't care that he's young or not. It's stupid and youth is not the excuse for something like something as stupid as this. And and the point that you make about youth not being an excuse, like you're more, you're much more likely, at least from my to my knowledge, to kind of have that talk about like what's expected from you and by you as an NRL player and as a member of the club, fresh in your mind when you're a young player, then you kind of think that you know you, you should. The the club would have clearly sat him down and his people down, and obviously his people probably wouldn't have known about this, but they set you know they sit the kids down when they come in and the first day of school and they tell them, you know, don't do this and we expect you like this and, you know, treat women with respect and don't take performance in hands of drugs. But it, like, to, as you say, being young, is not an excuse. Like it, you, you, it, it's not an excuse for anybody to take these things. Like, as you say, I, I couldn't care less if, if it, it's that old quandary about like baseball, for example, where they had that whole era of steroid users, like are those yeah. records any, any more, kind of pertinent that they are with people who weren't taking drugs like it's not like the you know the dead ball era or the non-professional era in the <laughs> league like those records will still stand up because everybody was on peds the question as you say mitch becomes that the fact that they're not allowed only some players are taking them and therefore they're cheating if everybody yep. was on drugs and nobody would be special that's true well so, that's mm-hmm. why i don't actually care that much about the ba- steroid era of baseball or like tour de france from the mid-2000s and stuff like they were all yeah. doing it so who gives a shit yeah Exactly. Let, let the boys play. Let the boys play, yeah. whether they're on drugs or not. It's just, it always comes back to letting the boys play. That's that's where yeah. we always end up. And again, um, oh, God. Some of the, some of the, well, no, let's keep going. One moment, sorry. So some of the stuff oh, from okay. Gordy's thing is that he was hammering Rodney Howe on the field, calling him a drug cheat, telling him to go stick a needle in his ass, all that kind of stuff. Anyway, after the game, uh, Rodney Howe cried. And then someone from his club went into the Broncos change room, asked Gordy for an apology, and Gordy told him no, told him to shove it. <laughs> Good. You've got to exactly. respect it. Good stuff. Do, but, That's um, what we're here for. But, yeah, and all this stuff about do Asada have a duty of care to athletes? Of course they fucking don't. No. <laughs> like, that was a weird thing. No. They don't have a duty of care. <laughs> like, oh, man. It's bizarre. Some of the arguments against it are ridiculous. Yes, the timing's shit. Yes, timing's a little sus. But you guys, we all have no absolute, no idea what's happened in that business the last six months. We have no idea how a side of been operating. And we all want to act like they've been doing something wrong, like they've got the timing wrong. Also, yeah. let's say it takes three months for them to turn this shit around. I mean, that means that they would have been hypothetically ready just when this virus started and threw everything out of kilter. So I don't think it's that ridiculous. I certainly don't yeah. think there's anything nefarious at play, as you said. Although I do think, by the way, I, I might be wrong here, but I do think that they don't publicize a sample positive tests. I do think the NRL did that. So, like, they announced it. So, I, don't, I think they wait for the B sample generally, don't they? I've seen, I've seen both, where, they, where, they, where, a, where an A sample comes back um, and they wait for the B sample. Uh, they, they say that A sample's been found to be positive and then they say... the the player or athlete has a chance with their B sample not being positive. But I've seen I've seen both. I guess it just I'm not sure whether the NRL have done it before where they've just gone with an A sample. Yeah, I mean that's it. That's not their it's not a SARDIS call, I guess. Yeah, I don't know exactly again, we're all talking out of turn because not not enough information has come out yet. But as always we all talk before we have the required information. So, yeah, apparently well, they might be wrong here, but I'm reading a tweet from Tracy Lee Holmes, so I can blame her if I'm wrong. She says Asada don't announce positive tests in the first instance. The NRL made the announcement. That's it. Like they don't, they don't wait till the uh, next test. Apparently, so who knows? It, it, as you say, it makes sense that they're trying to get they were trying to get it out before the team lists. Yeah, but anyway, there's obviously, and I do think they're looking for other players as part of why they've waited. That's why they took uh, Bronson Cherry's phone. So maybe a few more guys have been caught in the same sting. We don't know. So maybe hey, if it comes out and there's about six or seven players doing it. You know, what's the appropriate timing on that? Are we going to be mad as well? That took too long? I don't know. Yeah, it's... Yeah, I don't know. It's classic victim blaming. I don't understand it. I don't just, I mean, I kind of... I, I, it's just ridiculous to me. If this guy's cheated and we don't know yet, we'll wait for the base sample, all that, but, like, how are us out of the bad guys here? I don't know. By the way, J- Jack DeBellin's case is still going. And obviously, it's because it's disgusting. Nobody gives a shit. But that's the same thing. Like, it's something affecting on-field availability. That's still going. Like, six months yeah. isn't that long. 
No, especially when half of that time was the off season, and the uh, actually all but two weeks of it was the off season because of the virus. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Maybe humanity's the real virus. Who knows? <laughs> Nature is returning. <laughs> Nature is returning to its normal ways. Sharks stop, players stop are being tested out. for drugs. <laughs> oh dear. <sighs> oh well. Yeah. Uh, um, I was going to say, any other news? I hear that yeah, uh, there's some. Big, I mean, play uh, Andrew McCulloch will be uh, heading to Canterbury via Newcastle. Uh, the oh, we don't know if that hasn't been announced yet, has it? He's going to the Bulldogs, has it? I don't know. Is it, uh, was that confirmed? I saw it like, yesterday. It wasn't confirmed, but that's rumoured that they're signing one of multi year deal for next for year. Now, for the time being, he has left Brisbane and will be playing for the Knights for the rest of 2020. How do you feel about that, Mitch Doyle? We spoke about that last week, mate, and I, I love it. Like again, I don't like. I'd love him to go to Bulldogs too, and um, it just seems like the most bizarre signing from the Dogs. I was like, could probably could have had him now, and he, you know he's not getting any younger. And to sign him a multi-year deal, it's like this. You don't wait all this time in a rebuild. I wouldn't think to sign an Andrew McCulloch type. I don't get that at all. Uh, Very also, strange. Jay Field um, left. Jay Field. Yeah, how do you feel about that, Dale? Jay Field. Going to uh, just one of the fourteen hundred like weird fullback X uh, halves that the Dragons had, who just didn't turn out, didn't get enough game time. Was the king of New South Wales Cup for a little bit. Did well with the Dragons, Reggies, and mm. on he goes. Go to Parramatta. Hope hope he does well as I do with all Dragons players, unless it's playing against the Saints. Yep, and um, Justin Olam has uh, signed a new deal with the Melbourne Storm. Yeah, good re-signing. Yeah, good for him. Not, yeah, not, not, not. I mean, apart from Murray, not really any earth-shattering signings slash re-signings yeah. that we've seen this week. But you know, in, the, in these troubled times, it's it's difficult for clubs to make. A couple of other ones. Uh, we had um, we had Sean Bloor go from. This is a couple of weeks old now, but he went from the uh, Panthers to the Tigers, which I know the Tigers. Sorry, the Panthers really rated him. So that's an interesting one. A uh, young Tonopia returned to the Titans. From a uh, from a Mormon mission or similar, uh, and then we had also had Jack Murchie move to the Warriors, the first of I guess probably new batch of signings coming soon. But I like that one because uh, Murchie's been on the fringe at uh, at the Raiders for a while now, looking for a shot. So hopefully he can earn himself a bit of first grade time now and prove what he's got. And they'll probably get a couple of loan deals to the Warriors over the next few weeks, which would be, which would be very interesting. They need a front row or bad. Uh, I did. I did like the rumblings that Luke Lewis could come out of retirement to play for them. Now there's there's yeah. a true people's champion. <laughs> no, that's not the answer for them. But oh well. Yeah. Um. Do we want to? Uh. I, mean, I know we weren't really going to do this this year, but you know, it's been a while and we've got time. Do we want to pick the games for next week slash this week? Yeah. Why let's not? go through them. Go through the changes or, you know, not always through the whole team list, but the interesting things in each team list and pick each game. Why not? Yep. So we'll start off with tomorrow night, Rugby League is back. And who else but the Thursday night Broncos hosting the ladder-leading Parramatta Eels. They've been on top of the ladder for three months now. Surely surely no one can bring them crashing down. Uh, I see that you haven't watched the Dragons play any footy in the last 10 years uh, because if there's one, if, if if teams can stay on top of the ladder for three months, they can definitely stumble when it matters. Um, I, I am, I'm just, I just, I just want them all to have fun in a, in a, in a, in a, in a, a risk of sounding like one Mary Kay. I just want footy to come back and all of us to have fun. And, you know, I'm just looking forward to it. I'm, uh, I'm looking forward to some fast footy. You know, hopefully, uh, hopefully, footy is uh, quality. Footy is back. More to the point. Um, I think Parramatta have this one purely because uh, I don't know. I've got. I've, I feel like obviously they're leading the comp. Broncos losing players. I know that they're going to potentially going to get lodged back, um, but like losing players. To, uh, what's his name? Pangai's out for this one with the suspension. Yeah, Fafita's um, out as well. Fafita's gone. So, eels for me, but not by many. And also, the Broncos won't have the, that massive crowd to play in front of. I know they like playing it, obviously like playing at home, but like playing in front of an empty Suncorp is going to be really weird. Um, how will the lack of a home crowd affect people's ability to get Bronco burgers on Friday afternoon, Mitchell? 
God, I hope they still exist. Can they, I hope they're still doing promos. Can they still? Can they? Can they just take? Even though they can't go, if they can they just show their season ticket and still get one? Well, you're asking the right questions. But um, the changes for the teams. <laughs> are, Reed Marnie has had his recovered from his uh, foot fracture, which is you know pretty advantageous for the Eels to have that that period of time off for him to come back. Uh, Brisbane have had Matt Lodge come back from a partial torn ACL. That's how long the off season That's has been. So mad. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. Um, Joffe and Galway's back in as well. McCulloch's moved on. Jake Turpin will be asked to play 80 minutes, it looks like, with uh, the bench now having three forwards and Herbie Farmer with the utility there. Uh, Jimmy Hopawati will play on the right edge with Afafida out and also with Pangai suspended. And they're talking to Ben Teo about a minimum price contract, but that'll depend on the Sunwolves releasing him. So who knows if he'll turn up soon. It'd be great if he did. But uh, I'm, I'm going with... Brisbane, because just because I am <laughs> biased choice, obviously. But I realised we got our, like I started looking at team lists on Tuesday. I realised how little I've paid attention to the shape teams have been the last couple of weeks with just how everything else has been. I feel like I've realised how little I've paid attention to like oh who's going to be in the seventeen, who's fit, all that kind of stuff until mm. Tuesday. It's yeah. it's going to be interesting for me as to whether like if if the if the Broncos play at home in front of an empty stadium, do they still have homey refs? Like, is it still going to be penalty Broncos? Is Another great works? question. I don't, well, we, I don't we forgot know. to mention that. One ref is obviously happening. That's got confirmed. And yep. the uh, casual touch judge guys got got stabbed in the back. That's who got done, <laughs> the casuals. Oh, that's that's rough. As, as always, the ca- casual employee going going first. You hate to say it. Yeah, um, I'll take the Broncos as well. So, of course, we've got Friday... Double header. First of all, we have the Cowboys and the Titans. Some big outs on both sides. Michael Morgan and Gavin Cooper not available for North Queensland. And of course, Callum Watkins leaving the Titans over that virus affected period. Well, this is, um, I spoke about these guys in preseason. When we did our preseason preview, I laughed at the Cowboys and I said, I'm not like, they all look good on paper until Paul Green names Ben Hampton on the wing. I said it in jest, but here he is again Ben Hampton on the wing, <laughs> Justin O'Neill yep. in the centers. Um, they've only put Cohen Hess and Mitch Dunn starting thanks to Gavin Cooper Cooper being injured, but like Paul Green is anti progress. It's still the field. I forget his name. Yeah, he can't play yet anyway, not oh, sure. He's not made a contract. He's too young. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. But but over on the other side, I'm not sure Justin Holbrook isn't just Garth Brennan with a new skin. Has he got an <laughs> upgrade or something? Because like already, I know AJ Brimson's injured, but Tyron Roberts to fullback, Ash Taylor to six to apparently you know open up Ash Taylor's running game as if he's been a ball runner ever. Jamal Fogarty in the seven, which I like, but you know that's another strange change for me to think Ash is going to just start becoming a ball runner outside Fogarty, who's been um, plying his time in reserve grade for a few years now and was the Queensland Cup Player of the Year last year. He did debut in 2017, though Fogarty. It's not his debut, uh, but then in the forward pack, it's. Sam Lasone is now a starter. Keegan Hipgrave's back on the edge, a very, uh, a very Garth Brennan move. And on the bench, you've got Jared Wallace and Shannon Boyd taking up like $1.7 billion of their salary cap sitting there. And then... <laughs> you've got Bryce Cartwright and Mitch Rain not even in the 17, taking up another couple of million. So, fantastic. Yeah, and Mitch, and Mitch Rain, they spent all offseason talking about how he's their hooker and he's a changed man. And then he's back to the reserves. And Aaron Clark's now the bench hooker and Nathan Peets is starting. It's like, what, what, like, what happened? You played two games and then... You just forgot the pre- that previous preseason or something, and then change everything. I don't know. It's a lot of change between rounds. I know it's been eight weeks off or whatever, but still, this this game strikes me as one that could be either really fun or like really really ordinary because, <laughs> like, neither of these like the halves kind of the halves combination on the Cowboys side doesn't really inspire a lot of confidence. But obviously, like, Val Holmes is a freak and can kind of pull something out. I like ECM Masters at centre. And they're, like, their middle, Maguire, Granville, McLean, Tamalolo will, like, definitely run over the top of, uh, in my opinion, at least definitely run over the top of the Titans. But also, like, the Titans, I feel, are the kind of team at the moment, like, they've had so long away, as you say, their referee, uh, their referee, their coach is a man wearing another man's skin, which is quite uncomfortable. Um, <laughs> but I feel like they can kind of pull something out of the bag. I don't really know why, but uh, I, I'm going to tip the Cowboys probably 1-12, to 12, but this wouldn't surprise me if this game was either, like, 36-24 or, like, 8-6, just because neither of these teams can kind of get started. Yeah, I'm... Oh. 
I mean, let's face it though. Like we're so starved for rugby league. This could be the worst game of all time, and we'll still be enthralled. Yeah, that's it, mate. And I'm pro. I'm, I'm pro Clifford playing in the seven, even though it means Morgan's out. I actually don't mind the Clifford Winkwater Holmes combination you mentioned there, but mm. yeah, I just I just know again it's the poor green coaching. They're going to go out there and play block play after block play. I think the Cowboys will win, but I think it'll be a bit of a slog. And I'm ho- I'm hoping we can see some life from the Titans, but it's like I just don't have no faith in like another new spine throw together. And it's like, is that going to change again in three weeks? I, I wanted to back Holbrook in, and I said that I wanted to give him a shot, and I like the guys that have a different path to first-grade coaching. But already the 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 alarm bells are ringing on what he's put out the first couple of games for me. Mm. Yeah. And then, of course, the marquee fixture of the weekend, Friday night, 7.55, Sydney Roosters, South Sydney Rabbitohs. A few guys... Uh, a few guys not playing thanks to uh, off-field issues um, over the past couple of weeks. Of course, Cody Walker suspended and um, James Roberts named on an extended uh, bench, unlikely to play. And on the other side, they've got uh, Josh Morris making his debut for the Roosters. This is where I feel sorry for the Sharks if I ever was going to, is that they didn't want to let Josh yeah, Morris go. Good. And they got... Yeah. yeah. I, do, I, know I, I do agree with that. That is that's yeah. an, that that I did say and think yeah look that's a fair point they wouldn't have done their, that but their, their CEO or whoever he was is what's his name Metzatesta was talking about it today he was like yeah we probably wouldn't have let him go if we knew that this was coming which but like, they fought it so hard. hard yeah they did but obviously mm. like obviously he wanted to leave but they they wouldn't have they they said they wouldn't have even entered into thinking about it but uh, it's the sharks so yeah. I guess. Yeah. Mildly interesting yeah. to me in this game is that even with James Roberts out, Wayne's kept Latrell at fullback rather than moving him into the centres. Um, I mean, I know that they don't want to get his morale down by moving him, and maybe th- maybe he's trained really hard over the past eight weeks and is in better shape than he was after the first couple of rounds. But I thought that was a move they were going to make after how poorly it sort of went in the second game of the season. But yeah, for now he was uh, he will be in the number one jersey. Yeah, I, I do think it's the. You know, it's a tough call to move him away from there so soon. Yeah. It just seemed like the way he spoke after round two was going to happen. And maybe they've had a breather and thought about it. And maybe it's also you don't want to take him out of the spine when Cody Walker's gone as well. It kind of takes a bit of the creativity True. out of that spine or things well, that can I thought happen. He was, I, thought they'd play him, I thought they'd name him at six, to be honest. Um, but instead, yeah. we're going to get Troy Dargan, my boy. I'm surprised. Generally, sometimes you get with a, you know with a Wayne Bennett team when there's a half out for like two weeks, you get when he just picks some random forward or moves like a hooker to six. Yeah, so I was actually shocked. I knew Troy Dargan was most likely to play, but I, I was shocked that we still didn't see a random thing like, yeah, Ethan Lowe six or like Cam Murray in the six or something wild, which I would have loved. <laughs> but um, it, it's yeah. interesting that you guys come into this game and it's like, you know, Takiaho's out for the Roosters. It's And you've obviously had the Cody Walker injury. and We know the Roosters lost certain players, but it's the, kind of the least star-studded Roosters versus Rabbitohs on paper matching in quite a few years. Especially with the lack of crowd as well. Like There's just very little hype to it. And the, it's, a, it's a pretty big shame because in the preseason, this was circled in as a marquee fixture given that it was Luttrell's return to the Roosters and everything that happened between him and that club over the offseason. Um, but instead, it's going to be played in front of no one with like several of the best players not playing. So that's unfortunate. Um, despite all that, uh, Bro- former Broncos legend Patrick Margot making his debut as well, Mitchell. So... With him in the side, I got to go with South. Well, yeah, he's again. He got injured, and he's come back in fitness in that in that time. I think he's an astute signing. We spoke about this early in the season. I think he's one of those guys that'll give them something off the bench for very little dollars. I thought that's a great signing, but I'm going with the Roosters purely because of the the outs for South being Cody Walker and James Roberts. I just I don't know about that backline. I don't know about Campbell Graham in the centres. Braden Burns looks a yeah. little out of confidence. I'm yeah. a little worried about that back one. Yeah. I mean, first of uh, all, how dare you? But also, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'll take the chooks as well, for the record. Come on, guys. Um, Sorry, Matt. Look. It's all right. Um, next up, we have what I'm sure will be going down in history as a game. Uh, the Warriors <laughs> playing the Dragons. Uh, um, no fuss. What's the point? No, Isaac Luke. What's the point? I ask you. What is the point? Do we do we want to dissect this game or can we just move on? No, Lisa, no, our revenge game either. This is no. ridiculous. The ins for the ins and outs list is almost as long as the bloody the, the actual <laughs> it squad really list. Is, it's it? ridiculous. Uh, yeah, look, this is a game that had to happen, kind of like the recession in the nineties. Um, <laughs> look, uh, I don't 
Dude, look, there's really nothing going on here. <laughs> he's, he's there. I'm, I'm doing happy. my best. I'm happily to officially dub this game as Recession Rugby League game. I'm happily, I'm happy to go with that. <laughs> and there's the, there's the episode title. Well, this is what would happen if we removed 60% of the cap from every team. You'd get matches like this. <laughs> Banana what? Republic Rugby League. Patrick Herbert yeah. on the wing, that seems interesting. Well, the whole, like, you've got over the Dragon side. Again, this is another team that's like the changes that have happened. It's like, so Lomax is now in the centres. Matt Dufty's back to fullback. Tim Lafayette's out. We don't know. He's not injured, I don't think. Aitken's on the bench still. But James Graham's gone to lock. Corbin Sims has gone to prop. Trent Merrin's been dropped as well. Isaac Luke's been dropped. It's a lot of change mm. for a team that didn't have a lot of them forced on them. And we know um, and Ken McInnes is back as well. How about, you know, injuries? They, sorry, the time giving people back from injury. That's happened what, what, over there. And we know he had a What was McInnes' injury? He had a broken jaw? I can't remember what he did now. So it feels like so long ago. And he was missing uh, out like half the season. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I must have been. But as you say, like it's a, there's a lot of really weird selections there. Like you and I can MCL play, play, playing as a seventeen instead of playing in the centers, and Braden Williami and Lomax are center pairing. Who I'm not sure whether they've played together at, at any level. And like it does feel kind of. Uh, it's very. Fam- it, it's shuffling the deck chairs on the Titanic. Let's let's. Already. That's what it is. Yeah, and it but it does feel really unnecessary. Like they obviously they're island too, but also like the last game of rugby league was ten weeks ago. Yeah, um, I don't love the roosters. Oh, sorry, the dragons backline, but their forward pack should maul this warriors pack, and they should win. Yeah, well, I'm picking um I'm picking the warriors based on my theory that they're going to come out of these first couple of weeks motivated, despite their pack being Lachlan Burr, Wade Egan, Jermaine Tanua Brown, Isaiah Papali'i, Toe Harris, and Adam Blair. It's not a bad back row. Then on the bench as well, you got a, a King Vunyawa. I might have said that wrong. But I don't care. And then it's just Parsi and uh, Katoa back there and Carl Lawton as a bench hooker. It's not a strong team, but I don't think the Dragons team was that strong either. I'm just a little upset they've already given up on Chanel Harris-Tavita already. Yeah. Like he, he's yeah, been dropped again. Nick Ramey's in there at the six. But uh, yep. I'm picking them on nothing but gut feel. That's fine. Good, That's good fine. for you, buddy. Proud of you. Mm. Um, they um, uh, next game. I think this game will actually be pretty interesting. The Sharks and the West Tigers. Obviously, a lot of intrigue surrounding this game, given what's happening at Cronulla at the moment. But uh, the Tigers have brought in some some decent ins. This 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 gap in time has allowed them to bring in Harry Grant. Luke Brooks is back. Um, actually, looks like a pretty good team. I love the Tigers' changes. One of the very few teams that yeah. I did see them make a bulk change, and I love it. Dewey's gone to fullback. Harry Grant's in the nine. Benji and and Luke Brooks are in the halves again. Like as you said, that's their spine, right? That's it there. Yeah, hundred percent. And like this, Perfect. this team, this team could be. Who have they? Who have they got out? They've got Thompson and Taylor out. They've still got. I don't think they've got many like long term injury outs. Yeah, um, but like this is pretty close to full strength against the Sharks team. Obviously, that's there's been a little bit going on lately, but like it, it wouldn't surprise me if the Tigers. I know they're not going to really take this as a revenge game for the the last game of the season last year. At least it would surprise me if they did. But like, I wouldn't be shocked if these, if like this West Tigers team puts a score on here just because they. Like this is as close as they'll get to full strength this early in the season, so it'll be good, a good opportunity for them to, you know, as you, as you said, like use those ins well, um, and kind of gel after such a long time apart. Yeah, and I mean, yeah. I, I love the other changes too. So you go, mate. Yeah. No, no, you go. Oh, so you go. Okay, sorry. I love the other changes too. Alex Twall at lock, Tom McKayley starting at prop, Josh Allay in the middle as well. And then they've gone, the bench is a little small. Ollie Clark, Billy Walters, Chris Lawrence, Alex Seafarth, who's on debut. Uh, but I do like that they've got rid of Corey Thompson and Elijah Taylor. As much as I like Corey Thompson, because he's always got so much out of his, out of his lack of talent, seemingly, he's, what, he's where he should be, a next drop back that you call in an emergency situation. They like all those changes and buy in the centers as well. I really like this 17. And one of the very few teams, as you said, I'm glad, the breaks kind of let them... Think you know they were they were holding Dewey back from fullbacks. He just got to the club. Harry Grant wasn't there yet. It's given them time to just go screw it, just go on what we think's the best now. And they've thrown in that to get line up together. I like it. Cronulla's yeah. side, Matt Moylan. What the hell's going on? Like he's yeah. been a muscle injury for like a year. 
Well, I'm, they I'm know, not you know shocked. They say, I'm, I the biggest mean, muscle is your heart. That's not actually. Yeah. Still. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, NRL physio, get in touch with us uh, for libel, um, please. Um, yeah, but I, as as you say, like I mean, they've got a creative player that's just literally sitting on the bench, sitting in the stand. Like Are you referring to Billy Magulius right now? Yes. Yeah, yeah I am. <laughs> Can we get Billy Magulius into first grade ASAP, please? Well, like, I've, I see. I'm out of. I'm off. I'm out of it. I thought Toby Rudolph had gone to the Warriors. So, um, rumors for next year. Right. Okay. Yeah. Fantastic. Um, but I'm just get, getting my new Newtown Jets Kings mixed up. Um, but yeah, uh, despite the absence of um, Cherry and Morris leaving, I don't actually. I don't hate their backline if Josh Dugan can be at like. You know, sixty percent of what a peak Josh Dugan is. The rest of it's not that bad. Like Ramey and uh, Kennedy, Katoa, Mulatalo, and then Johnson and Towns in the heart. It's not disastrous. And then we know what some of those forwards can do when they're motivated. I think, despite everything that we've said negatively about the Sharks, both today and in previous preview podcasts in the preseason, it's not a terrible looking team. Having said that, uh, I will be taking the West Tigers in this game. Yeah, I'll take yeah, Tigers for me too. Yeah, yeah. and uh, Mitch, Mitch Jackal in form. How thick is our thick king, Joseph, going to be in this game? Well, I've only seen some <laughs> training photos. And he's wearing like a loose jacket. So that's got me concerned. Loose looks in great shape again. Yeah, but, uh, Joey, yeah. not great. It's fine. Also, uh, maybe good, it's... Good, thing for, good thing for Joey. I assume uh, West will be playing in black. And black is very slimming. So that'll True. do him good. Uh, and as you say, hope it's thick with uh, 26 Cs. That's what we want to see. You know it. <laughs> um. As next up, we have the marquee game of the Saturday slate. Uh, the Storm uh, hosting the Raiders. Um, and a, a very familiar face for Canberra being named in Jersey 18, uh, Jordan Ruffin are back from a very brief sojourn into Japanese rugby. Uh, and <laughs> if he ends up playing in this game, that is a huge boost for Canberra, fellas. Yeah, they still haven't gotten Joel Bateman back, but Jordan Rapano will get, get them back on as the team with the podcast soon now. I know I'm getting over the Joey loss. He's back in there. Uh, this is two teams now that didn't change that much over this little break. They know what their best sides are. The Storm brought back Brandon Smith from injury, which is great. And Christian Welch is back in the side. Uh, this looks like a, a blockbuster for some Saturday Rugby League, doesn't it? Like, uh, I couldn't be more excited for this one. This one of the ones that's going to feel weird with no crowd, just because of, like that little boutique stadium in Melbourne has generally been pretty packed house for Storm Raiders games for me. Yeah, the, Ra- the Raiders went down there last year with a huge away following there was that remember that footage of Soliola beating the drum in the away end um like this would this would always if I was a Raiders fan this would be a game that I would circle to go down for um especially if you live in Canberra because it's so much closer than than for Sydney but yeah this is going to be hopefully a pretty sick game of footy I really hope Rappana comes back as much as I like um Simonson but like if he's in this is this game is going to be fucking sick. Like, yeah. Well, I'm glad up, my um, it's going to be mad. For I'm, I'm glad my memory didn't fail me about the crowds being good down there for the last couple of years. Because since um since 2016, they've had 28,000, 20,000, 16,000, and 20,000 there for those, and 17 and 20,000 there for those games. So they've pretty much packed the house for yeah. uh, Storm v Raiders. So I'm upset it's not going to be a big, a big one, but um I'm going to Storm. Just because, again, this feels like round one. Storm, they always win round one. Well, this is another round one for me. So, Storm, talk it up. Okay. Yeah. Uh, next up, we have uh, Penrith without Nathan Cleary. Sorry, I'm just really... Who's Tex Hoy? Who is? Who are these people? <laughs> Where's... What? Sorry, this is really just cool. Ponga suspended. Where are, all the, where are all the Knights players? <laughs> Ponga suspended, mate. Um, and then Mitch Barnett and Jaden Braley are injured. Fantastic. Um, um, yeah. Okay. Cool. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I wasn't, so the Knights, I wasn't are, the Knights are literally, it. they're literally naming like football manager 15 season regions <laughs> in, in the fullbacks gym. Oh, good. No, I'm around him. Tex Hoy. That's a great name. I'm in on him. Um, they've got great no names. Like they've got Bradman Best as well still. Yeah. Strong, some, uh, some real strong names in there. Uh, I'm rattled. Um, and Jerome Luai in the seven, uh, Matt Burton in the six will be Penrith's hearts combination, of course, with Nathan Cleary uh, TikToking his way to the sidelines. <laughs> yeah. 
I just want to. I just want to. Uh, what he did as a verb. Yeah, I want to just cover Tex Hoy as a person. So yeah. um, here's something he's about me off this off the Knights page website. It goes, "Who am I, Tex Hoy?" Which is huge. Who's most important to me, Mum? I'd be lost without Mum. Something you wouldn't know about me is I'm colorblind and dyslexic. And what do I love most about living in Newcastle? It's so close. Uh, small point of order, and I maybe this maybe this was done intentionally, but dyslexic is spelled wrong in that bio. <laughs> I know it is, but it's um, I just enjoyed it. Just how he's a simple rugby league boy, mate. That's that's what I'm saying, and I love it. I'm here for the two word answers. I am looking at a picture, of him and his eyes are definitely too close together. So he's clearly from no, Newcastle, not, and God I, love I think, him. No, I'm calling it now. I'm putting my foot down. We're a Tex Hoy podcast. Yeah. Yeah. The rest of the thing is it's, uh, yeah, his hero growing up was obviously Andrew Johns because he was his favorite player and his dad's mate. But they asked him the cruel question for a dyslexic man. What is your favorite last book you read? <laughs> Good to say Hop on Pop getting it. Hop on Pop getting a run. Dale, are you not going to stand your colorblind king? No. <laughs> well, I mean, if I, if I sent him a tweet, he wouldn't know what was going on, so... That would neither would you. It's perfect. You guys can just you guys could hang out, talk about what you think red is. Well, yeah, let's, let's let's just. I was about to say, let's just hope Newcastle are wearing their away jerseys this week. <laughs> what do you think red is? <laughs> oh. oh, dear. Sorry, Tex. <laughs> Sorry, Tex. No, we're, we're Tex Hoy guys. Yeah, I'm yeah, big, big on the Tex Hoy. Good can we rebrand our podcast to be called the Hoy Boys? <laughs> I like it. Thanks. Um, also, someone called Charlie Staines in Penrith's team, which is a porn star name if ever I've heard one. It has to be. It has to be. Anyway, I'm taking um in this game. I'm, I'm taking the Knights because Penrith haven't got Nathan Cleary, and I know the Knights haven't got Ponga, but I like this Knights side more anyway. Um, yeah. Uh, I'm gonna go full speed ahoy and Newcastle. <laughs> Yeah, I'll take oh. Newcastle as well. This this Newcastle backline is like a lot of meme players, so I'm here for it. And yeah, Kurt, and Kurt Mann in the six, so this should be fun. I mean, these are probably the two teams we've given the most contempt to over the history of the podcast. So we treated this game preview with the respect that people might come to expect. <laughs> <laughs> expect, you could say. Uh, yeah. I think I, I did say expect. Mm, mm, good, good. Are, you word blind, are you word deaf in addition to being colorblind? Oh, right, mate. <laughs> I can't, I can't read your lips. That's what you're trying to say. Oh, oh dear. Speaking Rugby of meme teams. Back. Making fun of Bulldogs. Dale for serious conditions is back. It's just it's good to be alive. Oh, um, last game of the round. Manly Seagulls hosting the Canterbury Bulldogs at Central Coast Stadium. Um, it's, yeah, what the, uh, it's what the ARL would have wanted. Manly playing at Central Coast. Yes. <laughs> it very much is. Uh, these teams seem largely the most unaffected by the by the sort of uh, outage. Like they seem like they're mostly teams that we would have seen regardless. Uh, I do feel like the Bulldogs are just at that point again. They've already shuffled their halves again. Coggers in seven, Lewis is in six. They've changed and like they've got um, Jerry Marshall King in the nine. Sione Katoa is out of that already. Aiden Tolman's been dropped. Like I don't know, what Dean, I don't know what Dean Pay's doing, and he, like I mean, they're not like they're great options anyway, but it's just again moving around the average options until it sticks. I got no love for this team, Manly by thirty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'll take I, Manly that, by several. That seems like the biggest slam dunk of the round. So yeah, I will also take Manly, and that is the round. And um, I believe that is the podcast for this for this one. Um, Anything else you guys want to say before we wrap this one up? Yeah, two uh, things I want to say. Yes. I know. Oh, Dale can shout out no, Tex no, Hoy again. So I want to firstly thank the Patreons for uh, for supporting us. If you want to get behind the podcast, go to patreon.com forward slash NRL Boom Rookies. I haven't checked this with the other boys yet, but I'm looking to Zoom the next week's Thursday night game. Maybe we'll do Friday night if it suits the other boys more so, but that's for the, for the Patreons. It's not doing this weekend because it's the first weekend back. You guys don't deserve me that much. <laughs> but also, shout out to the extra special Patreons who are the Boom Rookies tier and above Patreons, and that's Alex Sergicomi, Bert Andrews, Chris Avenel, Dan Cullinane, Dave, D. Fisher, Jace Galvin, Jackson Snape, uh, Jason, Carlo Tyson, Matty McPherson, Michael Murray, Roxanne Clark, 
Scott Finlayson, Simo Ali, Ty, Thor Laycock, Tom Hardy, Warwick Ahern, and Wayne Ritchie. And if you didn't notice, that list has grown in the last couple say, of that, weeks. That, that definitely seems longer. Thank yeah, you. so thanks for the yeah, – thank you for everyone who gets behind us, but also who are the extra special thanks to the guys who are in the higher tiers because obviously those are the guys that are like making sure we're producing two of these a week at this point now. Yeah. Um, yeah, we, we love you all very much. Um, yeah, I, I don't have much else to say. It, it is, it is, I, I say this every time, but it is it is genuinely humbling that you guys are flicking us some real-life dollar dues just to make fun of Dale's blindness and talk shit about reserve graders. It's good. <laughs> they better be Tex Hoy fans now because the rebrand's coming, the Hoy boys. <laughs> we, let's get him on the pod bucket next week. Tex Hoy on here. Why not? It's good. I like it. Or we could just yeah. go, we could talk about the color red. I love that. <laughs> Dale being like, "Hey man, when you go to sushi train, how do you know what stuff costs?" Oh, I don't know. <laughs> Dale very confused by a series of three French movies: colors red, blue, and white. Uh, didn't um Eddie Redmayne, the actor, wrote his like thesis at university about um some painting? Right, mm. and it's called like it, the painting is just like a straight slab of like one specific color. Um, but the whole the whole thing about it is that it's um, uh, Eve's Klein blue. That's it. Yeah, and um, but the whole point is that the dude the dude was colorblind, so he he oh. wrote thirty thousand. So Eddie Redmayne's colorblind, and he wrote a thirty thousand word thesis about Eve's Klein blue, the shade of blue that he can't see. I'm just re- I'm reading about it. Good lord! Actually, God, no, he said, I'm that. colorblind. He said I can I'm colorblind, but I can pick out that blue anywhere. So I clearly don't know how colorblindness works. Yeah, that's all right. Neither do, neither do I. So oh. I, tell you. Oh. I, I hate artists. I hate I hate that was written. I hate all of this. <laughs> no, I, I kind of think because I originally because it was I I heard him talking about it on Colbert and originally I was like oh it's a bit wanky art don't really get it and then he was I thought it was genuinely interesting that he wrote this huge project about a color when he's colorblind. Well, that's pretty cool. Mm. Yeah. And if you don't know what Eve's Climb Blue is, it's Blue Man Group Blue. You ask me, that's what it looks like. That's what it looks oh, like. Okay. Yeah. Um, cool. All right. Uh, all right. Well, that, this concludes this episode. And um, thank you all again for listening. Enjoy the Rugby League tomorrow night. I myself cannot wait. And I'm sure these boys are doing the same. Say goodbye, Mitchell. Goodbye, Mitchell. Say goodbye, Dale. See ya. And it's goodbye from me.